uh, Kermit, of course, is like, that's a crime. You can't do that. And everyone's like, well, we yeah, all agreed. Uh, <laughs> kidnapping a person. Kidnapping a person. Kidnapping a person. A celebrity is not a person. <laughs> but, but Kermit, you inspired us to work together. Yes, to kidnap a person. <laughs> <laughs> He's like so like horrified by their actions yeah you get to really see the like how straight man kermit is to all of the other muppets he is himself a muppet but compared to literally all of the rest of them it's he is the important contrast that we need Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I'm joined today by Sam and Case of Another Past Podcast. Guys, welcome to Hi. the show. Hi. <laughs> Yay! Thanks for having us. <laughs> I love the energy. That's the exact right vibe to go into this because I have to ask you the question we ask at the top of every episode. Um, why did we watch The Muppets? <laughs> Okay, so you go first. Uh, so I, I feel like we chose the Muppets because so we have a movie show, but we usually talk about movies that were either bad and needed to be fixed, or movies that were mm-hmm. train wrecks behind the scenes and got fixed somehow. And this is a movie that we both love and wouldn't really have a good reason to talk about behind the scenes. Like the only real <laughs> hurdle in getting this movie made was that the Muppets had been kind of a fallow property for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But we both really love this movie and have wanted to talk about it for a long time. And uh, when you approached us about coming on to talk about a movie we're like the perfect opportunity great (laughs) yeah honestly like when we discussed when we had our conversation like what movie should we talk about i was like it should be a movie that like we would never talk about on our podcast Mm -hmm. because it's something that we don't feel needs another pass which is basically like our podcast what we do is we look at movies that are flawed and we talk about them and then we propose what how we'd make them better right How, how would you fix these this is not a movie that we have to do that with. This is enjoyable. <laughs> it's fun from start to finish. Um, mm-hmm. It had smooth sailing, you know, kind of like, I mean, yes, okay, like the, the Henson properties, like just family drama and whatnot. Ugh, all of that stuff probably put this back. But the fact that this, because we're talking about the 2011 Jason Siegel mm-hmm. version, the fact that like this was like created and made and done in such a joyful way. I mean, it's just not something that would be on another pass at all. <laughs> but we love it. Right. Well, I'm glad to have given you guys the outlet for it. I was really excited when this one popped up because I've the Muppets have been weirdly relevant to my life as a 24-year-old for the last few weeks. It's come up many times on a few different shows. So this really feels like the culmination of all of those appearances. Like, And now we'll talk about The Muppets, the 2011 movie. Why don't we light the lights? Let's get this started. Uh, we yeah. kick in with some Paul Simon, get a very retro logo uh, popping up as Walter, uh, a Muppet-like puppet. We don't... Is he a... Muppet or man, we'll get to that, I promise. Yeah, uh, and his brother crucial Gary. <laughs> crucial. I don't want to make a determination now in this first moment because that feels unfair to the story of the movie. Uh, but he and his brother Gary are running around goofing off in home videotapes as he sort of gives us the backstory of these two brothers. They live in small town um, and they grew up together. Uh, Gary growing taller as humans are want to do and Walter, of course, remaining at his standard uh, puppet Muppet height being denied rides and you must be this tall to ride and watching Gary kind of outgrow him in some ways but Gary of course loves him very much and always comes back to him we get some fun moments scattered in here of like 
a girl looking very confused at Walter in a school photo and other moments of incongruities between a Muppet and a man living the same life. Uh, but the two, their bond is stronger than all of that. And it looks like they had a very happy childhood. Uh, of course, when they had a bad day, they found ways to cheer each other up. And one of those was renting a movie. And of course, the movie they rented, The Muppet Show, which opens Walter's eyes to the existence of the Muppets, and he becomes their biggest fan, uh, even as time continues on, and the two brothers continue to grow and continue to watch and enjoy the Muppets together. As long as there are Muppets, there's still hope. Agreed. Hard agree with everything that Walter <laughs> yeah. thinks. I am Walter. I am yes. Walter in human form. Yeah, or I am a theory I about this movie. Mm-hmm. I have a theory about this movie. I, I feel that this is, um, I, I don't want to say autobiogra- autobiographical, but I think it's very, um, very, very much Jason Segal's like exploration of himself at, growing up. Like he, he's notoriously <laughs> a huge Muppet fan. He, you know, he pitched this movie. He wrote this movie mm-hmm. with, you know, with collaborators, but like, you know, if you look at forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I'll probably reference a few times, like it's a huge love letter to the Muppets hidden in this like rom-com, uh, <laughs> including like the big puppet, like musical number at the end of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But he also like plays like <laughs> he plays the Muppet theme earlier in that. Like, I, I, I feel like this is a, an exploration of his own internal feelings growing up and like maturing into the world, but also remaining this giant Muppet fan. And I think Gary and Walter are like representing facets of his life. And mm-hmm. so like, here's like, here's the man child in me that's not growing up. And then here's the the one that is but they're growing together like you know they mm-hmm. <laughs> they remain friends he's <laughs> he's found ways to inter or interconnect it all uh, i love this the shot where they the, like they show them growing up and there's a spot where it's like them uh like in their like college years or 20s uh and they're like just very clearly like baked out of their mind watching the muppets with a stack of oreos yeah. next to them yes. and i'm like i love it <laughs> absolutely and honestly like as a huge huge muppet fan just like Jason Siegel, mm-hmm. I identify with Walter. Like I, like I identi- like I identify with Walter. And as we go all along on this plot, <laughs> there will be moments where, like, this is a Walter moment, but this is a Sam moment as well. There are plenty of <laughs> moments where I was just like, "That's me! That's me! I get it!" You know, like Walter is just anyone who didn't fit in that had a very weird kind of obsession with something. And that obsession got him through a lot of things from because he didn't fit in. And mm-hmm. I get it. I get it, Walter. <laughs> Great character. We're right there with you. <laughs> yeah, and the choice of Paul Simon's also good there because it has that kind yeah. of 70s vibe that they're trying to capture. Like this, you know, uh, the Muppets being kind of a fallow property at this point had a lot of nostalgia but it was for different periods of nostalgia and there was no mm-hmm. like canon this is our modern Muppets at this point when the movie came out uh, and this movie mm-hmm. was trying to kind of like throw back to oh yeah all the people who are fans of the show all the people who are fa- fans of the 80s movies all the people who are fans of like the, the 90s movies after Henson passed away like we're mm-hmm. going to try to like bring all of you in together and so we're going to start by like going back to the beginnings of it all yeah absolutely I think something this movie does really well uh, kind of tying into that too is it's a musical because you couldn't really do a Muppets movie without a musical element being very prominent but they do mix i think original songs and more of like the jukebox soundtrack that they're pulling from uh really well and i think they choose exactly the right moments to put in certain songs as opposed to an original and this is starting us off like it would be very easy for them to have started with either a classic muppet song or something original to this movie and going for paul simon instead i think helps establish that like not only is this a great choice for the time period as you were saying or appealing to the nostalgia factor but uh 
it also sets up that these characters aren't yet really part of the Muppet world, so to speak. Um, right. <laughs> we haven't yeah. met the Muppets. Uh, I think it also getting... eases people into the, yeah. the musical aspect of it, because like, I think a lot of people get turned off by the nature of musicals, mm-hmm. which is, which I think is crazy. But <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Being a yeah. musical theater kid. But, oh, of course. But I know a lot of people, if they found out it was a musical, would be like, I don't know about this. And I think mm-hmm. it lets them get their butts in the seats and like rolling with it, it being like, oh, okay, it's a Muppets movie with 70s music. I can deal with this. And then yeah. you get to the next number and it's like, oh, this is like a full-on musical. <laughs> no, this is this is a love letter to theater kids as much as it is a love letter to the Muppets. <laughs> like right. you can really feel like yeah. the high school musical that Jason Segel was in coming through in a lot of these numbers and like Amy Adams, you're like, oh yeah, this is all making sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to transition us out of this 70s flashback, we uh, enter Walter's dream sequence as he falls asleep at the TV and the Muppets from the tape jump out and dance around the room, inviting him to come join him. Will he join the Muppets? Will he go meet the Muppets? Uh, but he can't get through the TV screen and he wakes up screaming from his nightmare uh, to be awoken in his little twin bed across from his brother's twin bed. They're still living in that same little house. They haven't quite grown up. Gary uh, brings us up to speed about where the plot's going at this time. He's like, hey, I'm going to take my girlfriend Mary to L.A. for a 10-year anniversary. Uh, And he has to break the news to Walter that he can't get a picture of Muppet Studios for him because Walter is coming with them. You can get your own picture. You can see it yourself. Gary tries to temper Walter's excitement uh, a little bit because, of course, the Muppets haven't put on a show in years. (laughs) But that doesn't seem to hurt his spirits as all as they jump into our first musical number with the two brothers rhythmically brushing their teeth before they burst into song, singing about how happy life is. They switch into their matching blue suits, which I just love. The production design of this movie makes me so obnoxiously happy. (laughs) Adorable, yeah. It's so cute. It's the perfect level of like colorful and goofy, but still feels pretty grounded to like the world of the movie. I did the production design for a short film in college that uh, used this movie as sort of the visualization reference in a lot of the pre-production. Uh, so I have a, a little bit of a special place in my heart for it. But this first number, they sing about how life is full of highs. They dance all throughout small towns, uh, town square. There's a big tap number where Walter is yanked off screen as we, Jason Segel, of course, theater kids it up, gets to really have his big moment. Uh, yeah, there Gary... are limits to how much <laughs> dancing you can do with all the Muppets in it. Like, yeah. it, there's some really impressive technical work. Like, I read that they mm-hmm. did, like, you know, full-on blue suit, like, and then cut out an actor doing the dance number that they then superimposed Walter. Um, but there's only so much you can do to make, you know, Walter look like he can fully dance when he's a puppet. Right. And they also do a lot of <laughs> impressive tricks to make Jason Siegel look like he can dance because <laughs> there's... Because <laughs> like, he may or not, may not be a puppet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, he might be he a definitely Muppet. got a lot of rhythm, but but they definitely uh, shoot him from the waist up for a lot of the musical numbers, yes. and like, and he has a lot of like, I'm the leading man, so I stick stick my hands out while people are dancing behind me. Spots. There's yeah. a bit of that here where you do get that shot of like he's doing half of the dance moves that everyone behind him is doing. Yeah, there's one spot where he does like this very big kind of like big like step leap kind of move and then like reverts back to just sort of like singing while everyone is dancing behind him like oh you got that shot very good jason good job yeah it was hard (laughs) you did your best bud and hey we all went with it but he continues to sing his song and does his little dance number about how he has everything he needs and he rushes into his girlfriend mary's classroom where she's teaching a lesson on how to 
fix a 12 volt starter in a car which is also in the classroom uh and when the bell rings all of her students are sad it's time for spring break but don't worry kids you'll be back and learning in just two weeks it's gonna be like no time at all uh she's so beloved by these students (laughs) (laughs) i love the fact that they all like throw their hands up and just yay like small town is everything she's the best teacher it's the best town it's just so great Everything's happy and bright and nothing could ever go wrong. He gives her some flowers, which are a little damaged from the dance number they were doing, which I love that the dance number is diegetic to the world of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And she's very excited for their trip to L.A., but is a little bit hesitant that Walter is coming with them. But, you know, as long as they can spend their anniversary dinner on Friday night together, she'll be happy. Everything will be fine. Gary, don't fuck it up. You've got one job. Got one job. Mary is very understanding. Mary is mm-hmm. very understanding of of Gary's, you know, love and attention for Walter and the fact that they need each other and the differences there. So it's mm-hmm. really lovely. But she does she does at least make one caveat. And she's just like, <laughs> I just need you to do this one mm-hmm. thing for me. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, sure. And in the background, if you're smart, you're going, uh-oh. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. Big red letters saying, like, this is going to be a problem in this movie. Yeah. No, yes. This movie is all about lampshades. There are so many yeah. lampshades they put everywhere in this. <laughs> like, even the scene leading into it, she's fixing a car with, and with like, electrical work. And you're like, oh, that's going to mm-hmm. come into play later on. Yeah. Um, it's, very, yeah. it's great because here we get a very clear moment of us establishing that Gary uh, is very thick and does not understand the subtleties of anything Mary says, uh, such as earlier, he's like, she said the more the merrier. And like, here's the scene where you're like, oh, she didn't say it that way. (laughs) She said those words, but she didn't say it that way. (laughs) Yeah. This movie does a really good job of establishing any information you would need to know outside of like who, because that the movie understands like most of our audience who's coming to see this probably has at least some understanding of what the Muppets are and who they are, right? So we don't need to spend too long on that. But these characters are new and we do need to quickly get you into the movie and the pacing of it and understand like who they are and what their role is going to be. And this scene does a great job of just establishing, here's Gary, he's a little thick and he's got a girlfriend he loves a lot and she loves him too, but she needs something from him. Yeah, and then she sings a little bit of a reprise bit It's, it's uh, that is the one spot that like confused me a little bit, which is that she mm-hmm. refers to Walter as Gary's friend and not as his brother, yeah. which is the canon yeah. of the script. And I, this is, I think is like really the spot where you're like, yeah, this is definitely a story about Jason Siegel growing up as a Muppet fan and like having this <laughs> because, <laughs> mm-hmm. because like that's, I think that's the issue. It's like, it's, it's articulating this like growing, like growing up as an adult human and starting a family and whatnot versus like re- remaining like so indebted to this all. Cause it, you can imagine him going on some kind of, of, I don't want to say trip because like Jason Siegel was like one of like the freaks and geeks kids and has been like in the Hollywood system since he was like an early teen. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you could definitely imagine him having some moment where he was trying to have an adult relationship with someone and like his own passion for something kind of threw a monkey wrench in that. Yeah. And right. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also interesting, too, because he's not the only one who did that. It's um. This has nothing to do with the movie. Well, it has something to do with the movie, but it wasn't in the movie. There's a promotional, like a four minute, like making of like the Muppet movie. And um, Kermit the Frog is actually speaking about the movie. He's like doing an interview as if it was like Tom Cruise doing an interview about Mission Impossible. (laughs) And he's sitting there and he's just like, yeah, so uh, Walter and his friend Gary and his soon to be fiance Mary traveled to L.A. And I was like, his friend brother Mm -hmm. brother kermit brother like and so like it's really weird because every now and then 
people, people and Muppets that talk about this film actually make it sound like they're actually just buddies that grew up together. But then right. the montage definitely shows them as brothers. And they do say that they're brothers. So it's very odd. Very, very weird. Yeah, it's a strange situation. Uh, it kind of set me up. I thought maybe this was going to be like a bit... They're going to talk more about how Walter and uh, this Muppet, or Walter and <laughs> Jason Segel is not a Muppet in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Walter and Gary uh, <laughs> became brothers because it, you know, one of them is not human, so maybe it was like an adoption situation. But that doesn't really come into play at all. So yeah. I wonder if maybe yeah. like in some early drafts or something there was more on that, and that's where some of the confusion comes from. But it doesn't come through in the actual text of the film that was released. Yeah. Well, brother may have rhymed better. Do they actually better. say brother at any point? Or do they say, like, they, is it only in voiceover? They no, do he does voice... at the end too. Yeah, like, like when he, like, when he goes to leave, like he's just like, "You're my brother, Walter," but I gotta go. Like, and, mm-hmm. and then he runs back to Mary. So he does say "brother" there, but I don't yeah. know if it's like friends, like "You're my brother," like my bro, right? right like, right. so it's just kind of like I don't. Like, rewatching it, I was like, should I watch it again? Did I misread that this whole time? Because I really... It is always Walter and Gary who are referring to each other as brothers, too. I don't think any of the other characters ever do. So maybe that was going into what you're saying. Like, are they friends who think of each other as brothers? or? But they live together the whole... It's uh, (laughs) that. Yeah. I I, I mean, like, I think there was probably a rewrite at some point. And the question is Mm -hmm. just, like, where in the process that rewrite occurred. Like, if... Uh, I'm wondering if maybe it was like later on when they decided to like string beef up the montage and like make it mm-hmm. be like, oh, we're gonna have the the height thing show up at a couple points, and maybe they were either able to reshoot with him saying you're my brother, or they were like that line's already in there, we can just make it work. Uh, but I, I think this is where it's indicating to me at least that earlier in production it was supposed to be their best friends, and then mm-hmm. that went from there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Speaking of going from there, the trio uh, jumps back into the happy song as they get on their bus uh, and head out of small town. Uh, and as soon as they leave city limits, everyone in town collapses from exhaustion after having spent their entire morning performing this elaborate musical number. Um, <laughs> uh, Walter is rambling on and on about Muppet Studios. And eventually, after many rambles, they arrive in L.A., only to find the extremely rundown exterior of the Muppet Theater and the studio itself. Everything is closed and desolate, not a, a Muppet or a joke in sight. Everything is looking a little lost and sad, and eventually an old tour guide pops out, uh, very unexcitedly beginning the tour of Muppet Studios for our trio. They head past Kermit's office, the wait, highlight wait, wait, wait. Of- we, we didn't mention who the, the tour oh, guide right. is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first big celebrity cameo in this movie in the grand tradition of Muppets movies has tons mm-hmm. of celebrity cameos so we get Alan Alda yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Muppet movies are always great for the celebrity cameo- cameos because mm-hmm. it's always like this like person just popping out out of nowhere and so <laughs> yeah. I love like Alan Alda just shows up and he's just like yeah this is a pardon me Alan Arkin sorry Arkin. I, I screwed <laughs> the double A names yeah Alan Arkin right yeah, sorry. That was my... Yeah, yes. So, so he like just turned around and was like, "This is Kermit's office. It was known as Kermit's office. We call it Kermit's office." Like it's like mm-hmm. the worst explanation. <laughs> He's the worst tour guide. <laughs> and Walter's still super enthusiastic, which would be mm-hmm. me, of course. Yeah, this this movie has a lot of celebrity cameos, which I think only makes it extremely funny later on when a, a plot point is that they need to find a celebrity to help 
to, to guest on the Muppet Show, and it's like, where are we going to find a celebrity now? And after we've seen maybe twenty or thirty cameos up to this point right. in the movie. <laughs> But yes, uh, they head to Kermit's office, the highlight of the tour, uh, and of course move right past along it to a building for rope and wire storage. But as the rest of the group continues on, Walter sneaks his way into Kermit's office, gazing in wonder at the photos on the wall and relics from the show's uh, heyday, including Kermit's suit, a lot of banjos, photos of celebrity guests, etc. And as he's sort of lost in the magic of this all, uh, someone walks in. He hides, and Statler and Waldorf enter, leading a group of executives, which is one human man and then a lot of uh, <laughs> the more villainous Muppets <laughs> around on a little tour of their own. Uh, it's Chris Cooper, who is playing uh, Rich Man. He, yeah, Tex uh, Rich Man. <laughs> Tex Rich Man. It's perfect. Perfect name. <laughs> perfect name. We understand everything we need to know about him immediately. Uh, he's talking a big game about how he loved the Muppets since he was a boy and how better to honor them than to make this studio into a grand Muppet museum. Statler and Waldorf show him the rich and famous contract that uh, Kermit signed years ago that contains the deed to this property. Uh, And of course, it has very standard legalese in it, save for a very specific clause that uh, if the Muppets can raise the $10 million it would cost to buy the building before the contract expires, they could get full rights of their studio back. Uh, an important plot point, as Waldorf points out directly to the audience, continuing the right. lampshading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie very much feels like they, they laid out all the beats and they were like, mm-hmm. all right, which which of these beats would just be funny for us to be admit that it's a plot beat right here? Yeah. It does feel like they kind of knew, like, the story is not what's going to draw people to this movie, because it is a pretty standard, like, we've got to save the theater plotline. They're like, what's going to make this really stand out is that we have the Muppets and we get to use that sort of comedy to kind of progress us through what is otherwise a fairly straightforward plot. Yeah. And so as soon as Statler and Waldorf leave, then it's like, oh, there's actually oil. We're going to destroy the whole thing. We're going to yes. raise it for <laughs> yeah. raise it for money. <laughs> yes. Immediately, he's like, I can smell the oil. And also I had a geological survey to confirm it. So you know, rich man's just gonna <laughs> right. tear it all down. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the legality of drilling for oil in the center of downtown Los Angeles. I just feel like there's probably some other considerations before whether or not you own the deed to the Muppet Studios that would go into that. Right. I mean, this is entirely just like, oh yeah, well, it's yeah. it's a movie trope here. Uh, did, did either of you get feelings? I mean, so I rewatched this last night and then was rewatching it today. But mm-hmm. uh, the weekend that we're that we are discussing this is the weekend that Elon Musk finally like finished the acquisition yeah. of Twitter. Uh, and I, I had some strong, like, vibe feelings there. If everyone on Twitter raises $10 million, we can buy it back from Elon. I think the Muppets movie, if nothing else, is proving to us that there is still hope. We have until, I don't know, October 31st at midnight. <laughs> so what you're saying is we've got to get the gang together to we've put on a show. We've got to get the gang back together. We're putting on We're going to have to travel show. by map. We're going to have to travel by map. <laughs> um... Of course, hearing this scheme does make Walter like gasp in horror and run screaming out of the studio. And he does not stop screaming uh, on bus, on train, on anything until they are back uh, in their vehicle with Gary and Mary, where he brings the two up to speed about what he overheard. Walter's like, we got to find Kermit, but no one has seen him in years. So they drive around Bel Air sort of aimlessly. Uh, Eventually, Gary wants to tap out, but Mary spots Ace. A gate to a home that has Kermit's face on it in big old wrought iron. So statistically, he probably lives there. There's a moment I really liked with Gary where he's like, oh, there's no doorbell. 
<laughs> like, I don't know how we could possibly get anyone's attention. So he tries to throw Walter over the top of the door, of course, straight into an electric fence, which I think was the shot that was in all of the trailers, because for some reason I was like, I've seen this thousands of times. <laughs> I've seen this shot so, so many times. And I couldn't clock slapstick. why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of understand how you got there without needing too much preamble. Walter's a little fried and insists Gary throw him again to try once more and get into Kermit's residence. But just as he does, who's that walking up outlined in the light? Who could this vague frog shape be? It's Kermit. <laughs> First yeah, it's it shockingly chill. No pun intended <laughs> yeah. for like observing. Because he sees them try to break into his house. And he's just like, hey, who are you guys? <laughs> he's just such a good natured frog, you know? <laughs> He's just, you know, he went out for a walk, he came back, and, yeah, you know. his little toolbox, lunchbox situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, Walter passed out. this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta hey, make listen, that day rate somehow. <laughs> maybe he just saw Mary and was like, you know, she looks reasonable, because she's the only one who's reasonable during this scene. Yes. <laughs> she finds the house, she tells them it's an electric fence, they don't listen to her. Mm. Poor Mary. Yeah, Mary's the grown-up one of this trio. Walter and Gary are still sort of trapped in Arrested Development with each other. Uh, and she's yeah. like, wait, 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 guys, there's an easier way to go about this. Um, <laughs> and Walter is, of course, so excited meeting his hero that he passes out and is brought inside Kermit's home, where Kermit, once he wakes up, asks how he can help. And Walter tries to explain the whole situation with Tex Richman and all of his scheme. Uh, but Kermit cuts him off before he can finish as he believes that Richmond is going to turn the studio into a Muppet museum. Uh, but eventually the truth is, comes to light and Kermit's like, impossible. The only way to raise that kind of money would be to put on a show and to get the old gang back together. So guys, you'll never guess what we're going to do. <laughs> well, he's, he thinks yep. about it and we get a musical number while he, while he ponders this whole situation, reflecting yes. on past glory. <laughs> Uh, And this is probably a good spot for us to mention that, unfortunately, they were not able to get all of the people back for this Mm -hmm. movie. And so Frank Oz is not reprising the various parts that he plays, including Mm -hmm. Fozzie Brown. uh, Fozzie Bear, pardon me. Wow. Where did that? (laughs) He is brown. Is it Murphy Brown? (laughs) Waka, waka, waka. Here's on the news. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just having a hard time with last names today, including characters that don't have one. (laughs) Well, Uh, he's Mr. Bear. He's Fozzie Bear. You know, he's got a last name. Yeah. It's a bear's last name. No, they couldn't quite bring everyone back. They do, all of the Muppets you expect to see do show up. They just might not be voiced by their original actors in every case. But Kermit is singing here about how everyone sort of forgot about them and reminisces on all of his old friends, uh, including a covered portrait of a very glamorous Miss Piggy. That one's a little too painful to just leave out in the open. All of the other portraits of the Muppets do sing along with him as they debate doing it all again, but eventually Kermit's left alone. And and Walter's eventual encouragement uh Kermit does decide to try as they have to give the the world the third greatest gift, uh, not to be confused with the first or second greatest gifts. They have to give the world laughter. <laughs> yeah. The second greatest gift was ice cream. Yes. And the first greatest gift was... was children. It, was it children? Children. Children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> children, ice cream, and Children, ice cream, then laughter. And yep. the Muppets were operating on rule, rule number three. They, I, I guess they could give out ice cream at the theater if they really wanted to, but... That's, let's yeah. focus on one for now. <laughs> <laughs> they do have to do a little moment, too. We got to get the first few lines of the Muppet Show's opening song. It's time to start the music. It's yeah. time to light the lights. Uh, to really get the whole finish, bring this whole pep talk home. Uh, and of course, now 
they can begin the the more montagey parts of this movie they got to get the team back together they drive yeah. off to find the other muffets yeah <laughs> and they're driven by 80s robot who they introduced in the scene prior to that mm-hmm. uh which i do also love just as a a chance to have as many like throwbacks to like very specific 80s jokes like yeah <laughs> this movie is a movie that was made at a very particular snapshot of pop culture and also like from a person who is in the the age bracket Again, this is just very, this is Jason Siegel is like definitely like everything that's in his spirit is just like coming out in this. And it's just like, remember all those like funny things we used to rip about on the 80s? Like, here's New Coke and here's Tab. Mm. And we're going to have like all these like pop culture zeitgeisty lines that people would say, like the robot's just going to spout out. (laughs) And then for the road trip, he's like, I'm going to use my modem to locate you. (laughs) Yeah. And then the world's most horrifying, I won't recreate it for our audio only listeners, but the world's like most horrifying scratch sound. uh, Anyone who has ever heard a dial up modem before would recognize it. (laughs) Plays out blaring through the mix. Um, Flashbacks to AOL back in the day. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) This movie kind of came out. There was a, it's, we sort of entered the nineties nostalgia phase of, I'd say cinematic releases right now, but we just kind of exited the peak of, 80s nostalgia movies it's the ready player one sort of era of cinema and this flows right into that that's kind of the time period that i think this movie most pulls from although i appreciated that it wasn't so much of a nostalgia trip that it didn't feel like they were trying to just recreate the 80s it did very much feel like they're like hey we're taking these properties we loved we're celebrating them but we're acknowledging that time has passed um but these little nods are still sprinkled in there with it throughout the first muppet they're gonna find though they gotta go to Reno, <laughs> where Fozzie the Bear is playing in the Muppets, a Muppets tribute band. <laughs> they walk in to this very like dive casino bar, uh, where Fozzie is singing all about the different hotel rooms and twenty-four hour chapel that the casino offers. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing a Rainbow with... Connection parody. Yeah, uh, with the w- and in, in the Muppets they have. <laughs> The, the drummer is Dave Grohl. <laughs> yes. yes. I was going to say our next big celebrity spotting. Yes. He's animal. Mm-hmm. It's just Dave Grohl. It's just explicitly yeah. Dave Grohl. It's, it's Dave Grohl dressed as animal playing the drums in the boopets. <laughs> yes. And after the show, uh, Kermit walks up to Fozzie to introduce his new crew and. Uh, they go to talk in Fozzie's dressing room, which is the alleyway behind the motel. And Kermit brings him up to speed about what they're doing, apologizes for not keeping in touch more. And Fozzie's like, oh, it's okay, buddy. Uh, but one Kermit does float the idea of doing one last show. Fozzie's like, no, I have this whole solo career I worked so hard for. Uh, but from one screech from the Miss Piggy ripoff, his new bandmate, uh, yelling at him that they've got to start their next set, he's immediately on board with Kermit. We've we've gathered our first Muppet uh, <laughs> <laughs> one down many many to go next up we got gonzo my boy i was really excited for this one i'm like what could he be doing yep. <laughs> this is my favorite muppet i'm so excited <laughs> and gonzo of course ever the industrious one uh he's become the biggest plumbing magnet in all of the rust belt uh <laughs> running <laughs> running a bathroom supply situation uh, inside of his warehouse he's barking orders at a slew of assistants when kermit Fozzie, and crew enter they're offered a seat on one of the many fine used toilets that he's got in stock and are given 30 seconds to kind of give him their pitch. 
Uh, and of course, Kermit and Fozzie waste all of that time going back and forth a bunch as Fozzie keeps interrupting to remind Kermit to say certain <laughs> things and they never quite get through the pitch. And uh, as Gonzo goes to walk away, uh, Kermit explains that they're getting the gang back together, but still he insists on not coming with them until uh, a plea from Walter about how much he loved Gonzo's act as a kid uh, and an inspiring word from Camilla the chicken uh, sets Gonzo's old fervor ablaze and he heads to the rooftop of the warehouse as everyone else is exiting, uh, reveals his old costume that he was wearing underneath his suit every single day for the last <laughs> many years. I love that about him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, and performs a stunt plummeting into a box of packing peanuts to say that the great Gonzo is back. Uh, he then blows up his plumbing business with a self-destruct button, which we only see the dust from because, as Fozzie points out, it was a very expensive-looking explosion. Another little lampshade <laughs> for us about right. the special effects. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, like, a logical moment as I was watching this, like, the last time, and I said, <laughs> I was like, you know, since he's a magnate, he possibly has the money or <laughs> probably at least part of the money yeah. <laughs> and he probably could have kept his business just going and gone off to help them buy this at least like a partial <laughs> investment but you know what that's not logical for gonzo no. so i accept yeah. it as it as it is <laughs> yeah that's not the gonzo way i mean this no. is a character yeah. who was named after hunter s thompson <laughs> like if it can have explosions it's gonna be there yeah, uh, it's about yeah, the stunt. apparently there's supplemental material that kind of <laughs> covers that one, and also um, Kermit's mansion in Beverly Hills. That like my wife was watching this with me, and she was like, "Why doesn't he just sell the house?" And it's like, "Oh, well, it's technically Piggy's, so that's probably why." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can't. He can't. She bought it for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things too. Like the closer you look at the movie, maybe there are other ways to have raised that money, but that wouldn't really be the Muppet Show experience, would it? And so, right. no, and we need them to put on a show. And <laughs> we get the need game them together, to put on that so. show. Yeah, it's the only way we've been told mm-hmm. in the script. <laughs> it was very yeah, explicit. Ra- rather than try to close plot holes, they just like lean into it, being like, "No, no, no." Mm-hmm. There's so many holes, guys. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> That's not the point. This is it. This is it. It's all we got. Anyway, so I was saying lots of plot holes. Like, it's, a, yeah. it's not the point. It's a, it's a whole, it's a just like leaning into the fact that there's going to be a million problems. Mm-hmm. Like, if you actually try to deconstruct the script that way. Yeah. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. We're just going to lean into it. This is mm-hmm. it. This is all we can do. We have to get the gang together. Exactly. And to continue their task, yeah, we got to get one more Muppet in here. So they head to a park where an anger management session is happening with a few celebrity cameos. Uh, And of course, who needs anger management for the Muppets more than Animal, who is there uh, trying his best to zen out. And also Jack Black uh, is (laughs) in this circle. And he is just Jack Black. This is not, um, he's playing himself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kermit and the crew interrupt their Zen session as they ask Animal to return to drum, uh, but drum is one of his trigger words, and so he starts to get a little too excited about it until Jack Black, his court-appointed sponsor, interjects, and eventually, as their conversation continues, of course, drum is also Jack Black's trigger word, and the session dissolves into an all-out brawl between all of the anger management uh, individuals and also their instructor, and Animal just kind of walks off with Kermit and the gang. (laughs) (laughs) He's free. I love that it's court appointed and we never ever find out what animal did that the court was like, you have to go to these anger management classes. Yeah, it sort of just ties into the like, you know, we don't need to know every detail. We're just, this is a funny situation to find him in. We introduced Jack Black in this movie. 
sort of Chekhov's Jack Black, if you will. Uh, (laughs) It's the one celebrity (laughs) who's just playing themselves. And in order to power through... Well, the one so far, because eventually we get into the cameras. (laughs) (laughs) Of the ones we've seen so far, he's the only one to uh, get to to be his true self. Um, 80s Robot suggests that they pick up the rest of the Muppets using a montage. So that's going to power us through a bunch of the rest of them grab electric mayhem from busking at 42nd street station we love a little port authority shout out bunsen and beaker are nabbed from a secret lab sam the eagle taken directly off of a news broadcast etc etc yeah Uh, like a fox news parody broadcast too yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) everything is awful or something similar is like blaring across the screen um scream screen (laughs) words Finally, at the end of this montage, they collect everyone, including the guys who weren't in the montage, uh, and cram into the car, except, wait, there's one person missing, but Kermit doesn't want to talk about who's MIA, because, of course, it is Miss Piggy. Uh, She is in Paris. Paris, France. Of course. (laughs) I would like to say that the montage is so lovely because, just Mm -hmm. like in the beginning, you know, to kind of place us in time, they play, like, Paul Simon, give us a nice 70s vibe. The montage, because 80s robot is in charge of it, is an 80s song, which I think is so great. It's like wonderful because they're also kind of moving us along this timeline Mm. um, because later on the the music that they'll use jukebox like is going to be more modern and more of the time of when this was released. So it's kind of nice because they're basically gradually updating us with Mm -hmm. even the songs that they're using in the background and as supporting. Um, And also Ralph's moment in the car when they realize Miss Piggy's missing is one of my favorites so I have to stop a moment before we get to Paris because he's just like what about me why don't you highlight my story and they were like really Ralph and it's just like them being like he sits sleeping on a hammock on a porch and they're like Ralph wake up we're gonna do a show and he's like okay that's it it's a great little like cut in yeah then it cuts back to him he's like heh classic yeah yeah And it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I also like to say that, like, um, for some reason, uh, like, people who write the Muppets love shoving the Muppets in a car, in a crowded car. Mm -hmm. And the puppet performers notoriously hate it because generally what it means is that there's like a false bottom built in the like under the car and they're all under there and kind of like they get to know each other really well because they're all on top of each other so whenever i see like a car scene i know that one it was very difficult to shoot it was very uncomfortable for them to shoot and i feel sorry for them but i love it every time i think it's comedy gold it's very funny. It's like a, it's visually such a funny and charming shot because you look at the screen, and you're like, "All oh, the Muppets are crammed in there. It's hilarious. How could they all fit in this car? It's just funny visual language. But no, the further knowledge that like, oh, also all the puppeteers had to be underneath that set somewhere, probably very close together adds like another layer to it that I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys are miserable, but I can't not love this. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certain puppeteers. Um, I, I forgot. I think it was more for Follow That Bird, but they mm-hmm. actually had a puppeteer who was not the actor um, or the, the, the puppeteer who actually does the acting, but they had to stick a smaller puppeteer in the trunk of a car mm-hmm. so that the, she could like stick her hand through and do the puppet's <laughs> motions because there were too many people inside the rest of the car. And so they just put this tiny person in the trunk. So, yeah, that stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. That's that's movie magic, you know. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what really makes Hollywood go. Yeah. 
But yeah, so they, they realize they have to go to Paris to find Miss Piggy, and mm-hmm. we're reminded that Walter has no sense of geography. Uh, from We didn't mention earlier, he is convinced that Turkey is not a real country. Which is something Gary and he fight about all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess we got to drive to Paris, and it's like, you can't mm-hmm. do that. But not if we travel by map. <laughs> nope. So we get another little yeah. classic movie moment they travel via map uh and they emerge from the ocean uh the atlantic ocean to the beaches of france driving in the car uh jason siegel pokes his little head out of the window at one point is like oh my gosh i can finally breathe again um and they proceed to paris where they pull up to vogue paris's offices where a secretary proceeds to ignore their attempts to get into a meeting to see miss piggy who is now the uh plus size editor of vogue paris as she has no openings for early september she's very very busy um, yeah, and this this editor uh, or this uh, assistant is um, is Emily Blunt, just doing yes. her exact part from the Double Wears Prada. <laughs> yes. like, yeah, it's amazing. The <laughs> it's the exact the exact part, <laughs> almost the exact same outfit. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the the wig particularly. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> that's who this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the gang is of course turned away until Fozzie spots a particularly dressed man and has an idea. They're gonna do the Muppet Man. Uh, all the Muppets stack in a big, tra- big coat and a big outfit. Very classic. Muppet Man! <laughs> <laughs> and enter the office once more, uh, this time saying that he has an appointment with Miss Piggy. The secretary, doubtful but rolling with it, uh, walks in and tells Miss Piggy that she has a man here to see her. Uh, so, of course, she sends him in, and the <laughs> Muppet Man stumbles his way into the office. We occasionally, you know, of course, cut to inside of Muppet Man to see all of the Muppets stacked on top of each other, doing their best to coordinate. Uh, as uh, Miss Piggy ha- tells him to have a seat, and instead, of course, the left leg, Gonzo, goes down, and the Muppet Man falls apart. <laughs> and Miss M- Piggy has a moment where she cannot believe that she fell for Muppet Man. <laughs> I thought it was very charming. I mean... To to her credit, Fozzie was wearing a mustache and a hat, Fair. so it was very difficult. That's an understandable mistake. You yeah, know, it's possible the person to had an appointment. Notice anyone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that beret disguised Fozzie's very distinct hairstyle, of course. which mm-hmm. they will keep talking about later in the movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but Miss Piggy spots Kermit in the, the rubble of all the Muppets lit, spewed out of this uh, coat and runs over and tackles him. She uh, chides herself a little bit immediately after, though, as she promised she would never go back. And everyone turns to leave until Walter tells her that the studio is in danger. And before she decides to do anything in either direction, she's like, I got to talk to Kermit alone. So Kermit and Miss Piggy walk the streets of Paris at night as Kermit apologizes for how things went down between them. They have a little bit of a back and forth about their relationship. Uh, He wasn't able to ever say that he needed her. It's always a we. Uh, And even though they had this life together, she's like, I have a life for myself here now. uh, And I can't just throw that all away. Um, So he returns to the car alone where everyone is very forlornly like, where's Miss Piggy? <laughs> uh, we can't do the show without her. Uh, they, But they have to take their lead. Um, they need a pig that can sing, though, or else the, the Muppets can't perform as the Muppets. So they grab one of Fozzie's old band members to go and pitch their telethon. It's the, like, <laughs> knockoff Miss Piggy from Reno. <laughs> um, they are denied by every network they pitch to. Uh, and eventually they go to Rashida Jones, uh, <laughs> who, tell, playing a network executive, another celebrity cameo here, 
who tells the Muppets that they aren't famous anymore. She's like, I loved you as a kid, but you know, you just aren't the draw that we need. And she goes to send them out. Um, but before they can leave, Kermit goes to turn around and make one last plea when Donald Glover, another celebrity cameo in the scene, yeah. busts open the door and tells her that their, their headline show, Punch Teacher, which... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken Jeong in it. Yeah. <laughs> the third celebrity cameo of the scene uh, is being sued by the Teachers Association and is they have a two-hour time slot open now, a, a gap in their schedule. And she says that we can put your show on in two days provided you get a celebrity host and you leave my office immediately. Um, so the Muppets, they have their in. They have their moment. The show can go on. <laughs> a miracle! Woo. Yeah, Punch <laughs> Teacher just strikes me as the like again. This movie is very much a snapshot of when it was made, and this mm-hmm. is like the rise of reality TV uh, yeah. at this point. And I, you can just feel them being like, "God, this stuff is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's brainless. It's it, like it's uh, it's just people like attacking intellectuals, yada yada yada." And here we literally just have children in boxing gloves punching their teachers in the face while they're in stocks. Yeah. <laughs> There's something very yeah. like Thirty Rock about it. Like I'm like, that's the kind of cutaway they would get on that show to like this is the fictional, <laughs> yeah, kind of spoof of TV these days. Well, and Donald Glover was a writer on 30 Rock at this point. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Rich Man's office, uh, they hear about the competition from the Muppets. This, of course, means war, as there can be no passive uh, competition here. He's still scheming in the background. The Muppets pull up to their old theater space and enter their old stage. It's extremely dilapidated and run down and dusty. And uh, as Kermit enters, we get sort of the sounds of their former show echoing in his mind. Kermit welcomes everyone back, uh, and they kind of wonder how they're going to be able to clean this place up. But Gary, Mary, and Walter volunteer to help. They're all going to work together. They're going to pull this off. At first, it doesn't seem like they have anything going, but Walter reminds them that they have to clean the music. So they start playing to We Built the City on Rock and Roll, and everyone (laughs) uh, uncovers their various instruments, busts out the dusters and gets to work. Um, we see Animal spot his old drums. He doesn't play this, them yet. There's no drumming yet for Animal. After no all, drum! No drum. <laughs> uh, in his office, Kermit starts phoning celebrities through his Rolodex. He, like, dusts off. This. Yeah, yeah, but it's all from the 70s, so he starts with Jimmy Carter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. Oh, he moved. Oh, do <laughs> This, this is another montage situation, so we're not going to dwell on it too long, but there's some good moments where, like, Gary sees his brother bonding with the Muppets. He's very happy to see Walter where he belongs. Lots of little great cleaning moments and Muppet antics. And eventually they do get their theater all fixed up, but Kermit is unable to find anyone in his little 70s Rolodex uh, that was willing to come on and be their celebrity guest. And there's a shot of him, like, head in his hands with all the Rolodex cards sprewn all over the desk in the office. That's not supposed to be funny, but I did find it very amusing to see this little frog. Just like, what am I going to do with all of my paper contacts? <laughs> Mary expresses to Gary that she wants to see some of the sights in LA. After all, this was their, their anniversary trip. And Gary's like, oh, I don't want to leave Walter hanging, but... You know, she says he looks pretty happy here. And Gary tells her to go get a head start and seeing some of the things alone tomorrow. And he'll meet up with her for dinner. So, so far, anniversary dinner is still on. She reminds him, don't miss that. Key point. This is going to be important. Yeah, <laughs> although thing. he does say tomorrow. And then it's like, we're still on for dinner Friday is, is mm-hmm. the one spot. And it's very clearly the next day is Friday. So it's like, right. that's some, some weirdness there. Mm-hmm. I think it, it does kind of tie into the Gary is a little bit dense thing of like, oh, he's gotten so swept up on all this. He's kind of forgotten what day of the week it is, where, of course, she remembers. 
tomorrow's mm-hmm. anniversary. Right. Tomorrow's Friday. Kermit welcomes Walter aboard the Muppets, and everyone sets their gets set for their places for the night. Um, <laughs> going to to catch some Z's before the next day's activities. Fozzie and Kermit have a little talk in their hammock as Kermit assures him everything will be fine, but of course he himself is doubtful. He knows they don't have a celebrity guest. The next day, it is rehearsal time. Before they can start, the new pig on the block tries to find a way to burn the old pig's costumes. When a call from the aisle stops them, it's Miss Piggy. She's here to reclaim her spot in the show. (laughs) They have a little square up where Miss Piggy karate chops her way to victory, running the new pig uh, off (laughs) as she swears she'll be back. And uh, (laughs) we've got the full team back together at last. Yeah, I'm a little... The, the, the Moopit stuff every now and then has a couple spots which feel a little cringe in modern mm-hmm. day. Like, there's some... It's either a drag joke or a trans joke going on with yeah. the, the Miss Piggy there. And then later, like, when they, when we get, like, the Moopit's Fozzie, like, they kind of play it like a little, like, thug gangster. And it's like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know. That part didn't age as well. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite... I I actually just saw it as like the Muppets like Miss Piggy as like just a chain smoker like mm-hmm. I saw her as just like you know like a Reno train so smoker that's like not really you know she's just there and it's probably just because like mm-hmm. this is one of the things that as a Muppet fan has always been like kind of sad to me is that um, historically Jim just thought men doing women's voices was funnier than women doing anything so Mm. there are not a lot of history like historically at least when the muppets first started i mean it changes once you get towards like sesame street and a little later on and you know in the in the company but for the most part it is an all boys club so a lot of the humor stems from that kind of still and this is like forward and i'm not defending the choice but i kind of just saw her more as a chain smoker probably because Mm -hmm. the guy who was doing its voice was just like yeah, I think that's yeah. how it read, but there was a throwaway joke in the pig fight. Yeah, that's where what I was about to yeah, say. Miss <laughs> Piggy does sort of make, like, if you're even a woman kind of joke that uh, right, right, right. doesn't play well, today. There's, like, a sister, but with a question mark at the end. Yeah. Of, <laughs> like, right there, which, yeah. No, because I, I took it as being, like, oh, well, this is the the down-on-your-luck mm-hmm. Reno scene. And and then when, like, Miss Piggy shows up, it's like, I'll tell you, sister? Like, that's the spot where I'm like, right. oh, I don't like that part. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I agree with you, Sam. I think that that was the way I, I read the character just watching it. But it would be important yeah. to acknowledge the line. Um, but Kermit approaches Miss Piggy and she's like, I'm I'm here for them, not for you. And I'm leaving right after the show is done. So they're, she might be back with the Muppets, but their relationship is still on the rocks. Um, the TV executive, Rashida Jones, whose name in this movie is Veronica, stops by to watch the rehearsal as the Muppets get started. And chaos reigns. They can't keep time without the drums, but animal... No drums. Uh, he's not gonna. <laughs> he's not gonna help him out there. Uh, <laughs> and they just they can't seem to get it together. Um, Kermit approaches Walter and asks if he could help out with the show. But Walter's like, "Oh, the Muppets are so talented, and I don't have a talent." But Kermit assures him it's just because he hasn't found his talent yet. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have one. So that's sort of setting up what Walter's little arc here is going to be in the latter half of the movie. He's got to find out: Does he have a talent? Can he perform with the Muppets? Mary, meanwhile, is off on Mary's day alone. She uh, has been shopping and seeing the sights, and she walks into Mel's uh, drive-in diner and stops to get a meal solo, a a table for one. And we get another original song to this movie as she starts singing about how once more she's on her own, but she's going to have a party for one. She's all she needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
<laughs> it did feel a little bit until because later in the song, Miss Piggy joins in and sings a, a similar uh, energy about her own struggles with Kermit. And until that happened, it did feel a little bit like they needed a reason to justify having Amy, Amy Adams be in this movie and give her a chance to like <laughs> sing and perform. <laughs> right. Well, so a lot of the original music is by Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords. Mm, uh, yeah. And this is the number that feels the most Flight of the Concords. Yeah. It, where it's just like, <laughs> we're just going to cut to her singing. And it's like the, like the, where it like kind of breaks the reality that we're in. And it, it's very like singing directly to the camera. Um, yeah, it, it just felt it, in retrospect. I'm like, oh, yeah, that that's the spot where you can really see like the creators like individual fin- like fingerprints on this project. Mm-hmm. I, I like it's so funny. I kind of. I agree with you, but I almost disagree with you on the fact that this is the most. I actually think Manor Muppet is the most Flight of the Concord songs. Um, and I would actually argue that that song is my number one favorite and that Me Party is my second favorite of this movie. I love this song. I, I love it I, so much. I love it for the disco beat to it. I love it for the empowerment. And I love a Me Party because what happens at a Me Party stays at a Me Party because I am the only person at that party. It is It is an introvert's anthem. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a verse with Miss Piggy and uh, Mary then. <laughs> I should. I'm, I'm ready to sing it anytime. <laughs> I have puppets at home. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye out, audience, for the revised version of this movie coming out with an additional verse for me. <laughs> <laughs> But when the song wraps up, we return to the theater where uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy's duet is up next in the rehearsal. He uh, stops back into her dressing room to be like, hey, are you ready to do our number? But she's like, oh, sorry, bub. I got a new dance partner. It's Pepe the Prawn. Uh, (laughs) They are practicing the lift from dirty dancing. (laughs) I love uh, as she rejects Kermit <laughs> and he walks back out to run into Veronica who asks who his celebrity guest is for the show and he's like oh well I haven't found a host yet uh, but I you know I'm kind of a celebrity and she insists that they won't air the show unless he finds a host but that's impossible how could they do it the show is 12 hours away he might as well ask Richmond to just give them the studio back wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> no one had even considered that as an option Kermit and the Muppets go to Richmond's offices to make a heartfelt appeal to him who uh, considers for a single moment ta- uh, before he bursts into a rap number about how who he is and how wealthy he is uh, before uh, promptly just denying the Muppets. He's like, nope, solid no. You guys have this contract and if you uh, fail to raise this money and get out of it, you don't just lose the studio, you lose the Muppet name and all the characters under it. Uh, which then prompts the fake Miss Piggy, her and the rest of the Muppets, uh, <laughs> the fake uh, tribute band from Reno to enter the scene. They've been working with Richmond this whole time. And uh, Richmond just kind of hammers home for the Muppets the problem they're faced with. They're a relic. The world has moved on from them. And he's here to finally bury them. Outside of his office, everyone's freaking out. But Fozzie's like, you know what? It's okay. As long as we have a celebrity host, we can still pull off this heartwarming triumph. The movie can still end in in victory. Uh, But Kermit, of course, has to break the news that he couldn't get a host. He guesses that Richmond was right and walks away sadly. Mm. Luckily, Miss Piggy is there to take over... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> running right. the Muppets. All right, the frog's gone. <laughs> She's like, we're doing it we, my way. Yeah, we need a yeah. celebrity by any means necessary, and they all set off to go do a little B plot for a while. Uh, 
an adorable bee poet. So, so cute. Um, if Gary kidnapping Richard- is adorable. <laughs> it's pretty cute in this instance. <laughs> if it's being done by Muppets, I think. Yeah. Uh, Gary goes to the motel where he and Mary have been staying and finds Mary waiting. He gives her flowers, the same kind he gave her earlier in the movie, but not damaged to make up for the ones that got hurt in the earlier musical number. And she asks what the plan is for dinner, kind of, you know, happy once again uh and he's like oh i don't care we can do whatever you feel like and that's not the answer she wanted to hear so she walks out of the room yeah and he's not quite I, I like sure yet what the problem is <laughs> yeah where she's reading a thesaurus trying to find all the synonyms for alone mm-hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> which just drives home that me party maybe she's gonna work yeah. on that song some more like yeah just, maybe you know <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk individually. <laughs> yeah, it helps to like punctuate the scene too because you always the way she delivers those lines is always very distinct like individually, solo, uh just very right. pointed. <laughs> yeah. Gary goes to find Walter in the Muppets Theater uh asking him to help figure out his problems, but Walter doesn't seem to really acknowledge that Gary's going through it and instead is like, "No, no, no, I need your help to help me figure out what my talent is for the show. I could be a Muppet." Um but uh, Gary and Walter just can't help it at each other out right now. They both have their problems. They both need to deal with these alone. Walter's final point in this is that he can't leave the theater now. The whole reason that they came here was to see the Muppets. And Gary's like, no, we came here to take Mary out to a fancy dinner on our anniversary. And in that moment, he realizes what day of the week it is. It is, in fact, Friday. And as we all remember, Friday is the big anniversary dinner day. It's the one thing Mary wanted. And uh, with that realization finally getting through Gary's skull, they... <laughs> He rushes out of the theater um, as Walter calls after him for his help. It looks like maybe there's a bit of a schism between the brothers right now and where their lives are going. Meanwhile, the Muppets are off to nab a celebrity. <laughs> a little comedy interlude as the drama really gets going. Um, <laughs> Animal walks up to a trailer where <laughs> he's knocking on the door and uh, luring Jack Black out. <laughs> as he is being acting natural a distraction and all the other Muppets in their various stealth gear swing into the scene to nab Jack Black they get their little like title card introductions as they one by one enter and like tie him up and knock him out (laughs) they're just kidnapping like some kung fu like parody yeah (laughs) it's so action packed he's like animal what are you doing acting natural like he even (laughs) says it like the most unnatural Mm. way and suddenly why jack black is the only celebrity who's been playing themselves so far like makes sense like yeah we needed someone to be the celebrity to be in this movie and play along the muppets gary rushes back to his motel room in a suit with flowers but mary isn't there she's left him a note she's gone home and he needs to decide is he a man or is he a Muppet? And now we get the best <laughs> goddamn song of the movie. It's an Oscar-winning man or Muppet. <laughs> right. I know. It is, it's, it's emotional. <laughs> it's emotional. It's 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 beautiful. Um, they made a puppet of Jason Siegel, which I'm sure he's so happy. Of Jason Siegel. <laughs> he got Jim Parsons we- to come and pretend <laughs> to be the reflection of Walter. <laughs> Which I die every single time. Like I, mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, I cried laughing, and every time after that, I have cackled out loud every single time. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, this is the this number is the first thing that they actually or that the Muppets actually won an Oscar for, which is just kind of in, insane yeah. that for a, a property yeah. that had at this point point been going for like thirty five years, yeah, all of seriously. a sudden it's like, oh yeah, okay, that finally Oscar here you go. <laughs> now you may have one, yeah. uh, and the whole number. Um, Walter and uh, 
oh my god i forgot his name gary yeah, walter gary. and gary are <laughs> walking along and then and, and whenever they have their reflection visible to each other they reflect as man or muppet and of course they're debating what should they do are they going to embrace their human side or their muppet size are they a man or are they a muppet that's the crux of the whole song it's very dramatic jason siegel really like sings his little theater kid heart out he leaves nothing on the table in this one um and of course gary lands on that he's a man uh and walter lands on that he's a muppet <laughs> but a very manly muppet but a very manly muppet, <laughs> or a, and muppet a very muppety a man. man yes yes well, gary is a muppet yes. of a man <laughs> um, <laughs> i think this is as good a time to bring it up as any do you guys see yourselves as man or muppet uh <laughs> i am absolutely a muppet <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just mm. running around in a flesh bag <laughs> I mean, I think this this speaks to the uh, a, a di- the dichotomy of, of Jason Siegel that I really relate to here. Cause I, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm ultimately a Muppet of a man. <laughs> I agree with you. you yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, you're a Muppet of a man and I'm a very manly Muppet. I think that's yeah. how we roll as a team. There's a kind of honesty in being able to be like, that's that's my true self, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is a big character moment. I want all of our listeners to, when they get to this point in the podcast, ask yourself: Are you a muppet? Or are you a man? You know, you can be a very a, mu- a muppet of a man or a very manly muppet, but you have to really yeah. sit down with yourself and like ponder where do you land. Yeah, um, yeah like I'm definitely and, not a manly and those man. Are, no, <laughs> and listen, those are gender neutral terms, so yes. don't worry about it. Just yes, absolutely. Those are the two options. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Gary, of course, having landed on that, he's a man returns to small town apologizes to mary and they make up as walter remains with the muppets in their theater after the big musical number the big this big climax for the movie miss piggy and the muppets go to find kermit having kidnapped jack black we get some of my favorite dialogue in the movie uh, yes. <laughs> what's more illegal briefly inconveniencing jack black or destroying the muppets uh kermit of course is like that's a crime you can't do that and everyone's like well You're we all agree uh, <laughs> kidnapping a person kidnapping a celebrity is not a person <laughs> But but Kirby, you inspired us to work together. Yes, to kidnap a person. <laughs> He's like so like horrified by their actions. Yeah, you get and to really yet... see the like how straight man Kermit is to all of the other yeah. Muppets. He is himself a Muppet, but compared to literally all of the rest of them, it's he is the important contrast that we need. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because even though he's horrified, right? Like mm-hmm. he is undecidedly horrified, as we know, because you will continue. <laughs> he still goes along with it. Yeah, he's talked back in by their antics, Miss Piggy's pleas, and they do decide to continue on with the telethon. Um, after this little scene, we see Richmond fencing with one of his goons, and this is a very minor point, but I did fence through all of high school and college, and they are wearing the incorrect gear for the weapon that they're fencing, and it's, it's one of the, I hate when this pops up in movies, because it's one of those nitpicky things that I know does not matter, even a little bit, but it bugs me so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this does not detract from the movie in any way. Uh, but they should be wearing a lame, and they don't, it's fine. <laughs> listen, I, I understand. Um, em- empty cups are my thing. I can always tell when someone's holding an empty cup, an empty coffee cup. I can tell. And every time I see it, it it just hurts my soul. Just put some water Mm -hmm. in it. It's fine. It doesn't have to be coffee. Just water. Exactly. Just to have some weight. I can tell, actors. I can tell. (laughs) Props people, Uh. I can tell. Put some water in your freaking cup. Okay, I'm good. (laughs) But enough on the fencing gear. As Richmond explains, having seen the Muppets are continuing their telethon, it's time for phase two. How will he 
ruin this Muppets broadcast. Um, there are 10 minutes to air time back at the theater. The Muppets are all rushing into places. Walter approaches Kermit about his act, but Kermit doesn't have time to stop and talk about it, so Walter is left to ponder alone. Veronica is there and unhappy that there's no audience in the theater as Kermit assures her that he'll think of something. Uh, of course, the only audience in the theater <laughs> is another celebrity cameo. Uh, <laughs> I believe. Let me just double checking who everyone is. It's uh, Zach, <laughs> yeah, Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. Like, Hobo Joe! <laughs> Hobo Joe, uh, who's very Stop ignoring excited. Hobo Joe! <laughs> <laughs> Feels appropriate to do that. Um, the show begins. They're live. Uh, Kermit opens the Muppets telethon. The Meet the Muppets kicks up. And this time, they're nailing it. Everyone's on their cue on time. Uh, Kermit tells the audience that they have the Muppets on standby to take their calls and their donations. And then shows off Jack Black, their special guest, who is tied to a chair and yelling about how he's being held captive. (laughs) (laughs) And no one believes it. They think it's a joke. (laughs) Everyone thinks it's a hilarious bit. (laughs) Yeah, we also get celebrities actually doing the telethon stuff, Mm -hmm. and this is where we start getting more celebrity cameos again. Like, we get Selena Gomez, we get the kid from Modern Family. Yeah. It it starts, and and eventually more and more people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite throwaway lines is when Neil Patrick Harris picks up the phone, and he's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm hosting this, and at that time he had been hosting everything. And it's just like, Kermit, I think he would have had someone willing. You wouldn't have had to kidnap Jack Black. You guys didn't have to kidnap Jack Black. Yeah, but he only knows Neil Patrick Harris is Doogie Hauser, and so it wasn't going to work. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Gary and Mary are watching the show back in small town, and Mary's like, oh, no, there's no audience. Poor Walter, and maybe we should go back. But Gary's like, no, I just sang a whole song about this. I've made my choice. Uh, and they continue to eat their, their little anniversary dinner. Gonzo's act is one of the first ones up. He prepares for his head bowling with Jack Black, who has a single bowling pin tied to his head and is very nervous about this whole situation. Uh, He asks for a drum roll and only gets a triangle roll from Animal, who has still not embraced the drum set yet again. No drums! (laughs) Uh, And he begins to do his act, but as he spins his arm around with the bowling ball on it, he can't get the bowling ball to release and is uh, crooked off cage by... (laughs) off stage stage by a cane reaching over Um, but as this show continues the Muppets begin to get their first call from a family happily watching at home they make their first $25 and the show really begins to pick up audience members begin to start filing in um, and the acts continue one by one really reclaiming that old Muppets magic Fozzie does his comedy act which uh, the jokes aren't landing until Jack Black protests after his bad jokes, and that really gets the audience going. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> In a movie with so many lampshades, this is a this is a spot where the whole sketch depends on lampshading the fact that it's terrible. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richmond's really furious watching as the money starts rolling in, uh, and Walter is next up on the lineup and he's pacing he's nervous his act is in 60 seconds but what will he do this is where these celebrities start to re-enter the movie as well so we get Whoopi Goldberg Selena Gomez and Rico Rodriguez all enter like hey we told we're told there's a career opportunity here and so celebrities are just going to be in the background of shots from now on yeah um, <laughs> it's up to Walter to prove now can he be a man or will he be a Muppet uh and instead he screams and runs through the wall so I guess we're just going to move past his act uh, and next up is Jack Black in a barbershop quartet act. The yeah, money. This, <laughs> this might be my favorite scene in the movie, even if it's not my favorite. Like, even if it's not nearly as good as like Muppet Army. And like, right. the, <laughs> like I mean, this like, is the most 
reminiscent of the Muppet Show, like mm-hmm. the people who watched, because like the Muppet Show is mostly vaudeville, right? So this is this feels the most vaudevillian out of everything that they do in this uh, in this movie. So like things prior to this felt a lot like the Muppet movies, like the first one and a couple of different like uh, reincarnations throughout the years. But this feels the most Muppet Show, like. Mm-hmm where they would put guest stars in very uncomfortable positions and make them part <laughs> of little songs and vignettes that were happening. It's yes. awesome. Yeah, so we get a barbershop rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, especially because we have art. Beaker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, there's a great moment, too, where they're all like trying to um, imitate the words of the song, but, of course, saying the incorrect lyrics and Beaker's little bit is just like a... Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. Uh, um, but the money continues to rack up. Things are looking like they're going great. The chickens go up and sing "Forget You," which was a very relevant song in 2011. I promise. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, suddenly, again, super snapshot yeah. of exactly when this movie came out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you're wondering where pop culture was, even the song like "Starship" earlier uh, yeah. for uh, "We Built the City," like super popular at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is the height of like glee popularity, like like culling oh, 70s and 80s songs. Like this is like all the celebrities, all, Ken Jong showing up, like every. Every single person you're like oh this is exactly what 2011 felt like <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly all the lights go out though richmond has smashed the fuse box with, with an axe and in the pitch black kermit lights a candle what are they going to do they can't do the show without power what's going to happen but never fear mary and gary came back and mary using her electrical skills we saw in her introduction fixes the fuses bring the power back on and Richmond and his goons are like, ah, it's foiled again as the show continues. Uh, so he's like, we got to go bigger. We got to head for the roof. We got to finish this. And there's a little moment as uh, Richmond walks off where Deadly, one of the goons, and also notably a Muppet, mm-hmm. uh, is like, I've had enough. You know, I might be I might be a, a bad guy, but I'm still a Muppet. Uh, and so before he can cut the cable on the roof, deadly stops richmond from doing so and pushes him off of the tower maniacally laughing for real instead of just saying maniacal laughter <laughs> yeah we didn't actually reference that earlier but yeah that, again this whole like this whole like i think they just had these notes of like okay then the character maniacal laughs wouldn't it be funny if he just says maniacal laugh? yeah because <laughs> yeah. text Mitch- richmond can't laugh mm-hmm. he no. doesn't have that joy no. in him so he can only say a maniacal laugh and then he makes other people mm-hmm. say it with him because he can't laugh so no one else can it's really no. why he doesn't like the Muppets. Yeah. They bring laughter. Their That's the real gift. reason he, he yeah. you know, wants to destroy their lot. For It's not just to get rich. He doesn't want there to be any laughter in the world. He doesn't want gift number three out there. Mm. Um, Gary and Mary are welcomed back into the fold by Kermit, who has his own little realization about how much he cares about Miss Piggy seeing their relationship rekindled. Uh, and Kermit sends Scooter out to host for a bit before rushing off to Miss Piggy's dressing room. But she's not there. Scooter, meanwhile, on stage is bombing, but we don't dwell on that for too long. It's just like a little scene of like, and Scooter's off. <laughs> um, I just like that he walks out and he's like, and you're all naked. And the audience is like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Kermit stares at Miss Piggy's half of their wedding photo and she's like, you, you saved it all these years. So did I. And they have a little moment where he's like, I miss you and I need you. And it's time for a song. Are you ready, Piggy? And yeah, they are. They're back together. 
Kermit goes on stage with his banjo. They start singing Rainbow Connection as first Miss Piggy jumps in, then the rest of the Muppets. It's very heartfelt, very sweet, very wholesome. Mm -hmm. And eventually backstage, Animal staring at his drum set, receiving his old drumsticks, uh, has his little moral dilemma. And eventually he takes his place at the drum set and breaks it down in the song as once more he he too has his drums. (laughs) (laughs) He embraces who he really Mm -hmm. is. Kermit asks me that is about being who you are. Uh, are you man or whether you're man or Muppet, you gotta be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kermit asks Miss Piggy to stay for him and she agrees. And their total is getting so, so close to 10 million, but there's not much time left. They only have enough time for one more act as they go to a commercial break. Um, Gary goes to find Walter and he's like, the Muppets need your help. They need one more act. They don't have anything because the show ran short. Um, and Walter is, expresses his worry that people will laugh at him and that he'd rather just go back to small town with Gary and Mary. But Gary gives him a big speech about how he belongs here and he has to believe in himself because that's what growing up is. Uh, because who, that's how he can become who he wants to be. And it sort of puts a nice little bow on the like metatextual reading of this as like Jason Segal telling himself all of these yeah. things at some point, accepting mm-hmm. the Walter side, needing to grow up a little bit. Um, before we could see that resolution, the show is back on the air. They have no act, but <gasps> what's this? Whistling from on stage? It's Walter. He's whistling along to an orchestral track, hitting crazy notes. He's found his talent. His talent is whistling this song. Um, and after he finishes his very dramatic, <laughs> very operatic moment, uh, the audience gives him a standing ovation and the counter rushes towards $10 million. It looks like the Muppets are about to take back their studio, but Richmond has one last move, knocking out the phone lines with the car, hijacking it from uh, 80s robot. And uh, as the phone lines are knocked out, no one can donate, and the money is stuck just a dollar away from ten million as the clock strikes midnight. <gasps> what do the Muppets do? They fail. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Gasp. Richmond crawls onto the stage to gloat, uh, and in frustration, Fozzie hits his head against the counter, which causes it to reset and reveal that they were actually only at one dollar away from ten thousand, not ten million. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they weren't even I, a little so close which makes him feel sad. a little better <laughs> it, it, it does make him feel better which I, I think is good I, I, do, I don't like that they had the commas in the 10 or in like the 100 million yeah. or 999 million I wish that they just had straight numbers so that when the when the decimal point shows up that it didn't feel I don't know this is one of those like moments of like reality but I, mm-hmm. I and I get it like it's just a joke like, like it, <laughs> yeah no. It, it's what we were saying before. Oh, don't worry about the plot holes. But mm-hmm. it, it, it was a spot where I'm like, oh, man, I wish that was that. Yeah, <laughs> that really threw me when that happened, too, because I kind of thought like, oh, you know, they've had this little subplot going of like Veronica is getting more into the Muppet show as it goes on. Maybe she'll donate the last dollar they need or like someone else will just supply the one dollar the Muppets need to hit 10 million. Right. So when they reset the count, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, OK, I guess we're going in a different direction entirely for the ending of this. <laughs> um. But Richmond kicks them all off his property. Uh, Kermit sadly tells everyone that they have to go and the Muppets all make their slow walk out of the od- past the audience and out of the theater. And in the lobby, uh, they have a, a bit of a crisis because Walter's like, it can't end like this. But And Kermit gives a big speech to the Muppets about how they have nothing to be ashamed of because they tried and failed together, which isn't really failing at all. They're a family. And no matter what anyone else says, Kermit believes in them all. And it's important that they're each together with each other uh so they're gonna walk out the doors together as a family 
Um, they exit the theater doors, and what are they greeted by? But massive cheering crowds. The whole street is packed with people who love the Muppets. Everyone is so happy that they're back. They're just beloved by all. There's so many signs in the audience, like, we love you, uh, Animal. We love you, Miss Piggy. Just everyone is thrilled to see the Muppets back. They are as famous as they once were. Um, as they're all taking pictures and reveling in it, Walter is standing off to the side until Kermit asks him to join them, and Gary sends him over to his people, and Walter takes his place as one of the Muppets. Uh, Deadly then introduces us to the finale of this movie, <laughs> which is <laughs> Kermit and the Muppets singing about how everything is great now, everything is falling into place. It's a little bit of a reprise of the opening number, as well as... Um, the song that Amy Adams and Miss Piggy sang earlier. We, <laughs> and of course, Sam as well, yeah. as we all know. <laughs> uh, I did spend a lot of this little like mashup moment waiting for the reprise of uh, Man or Muppet, but that did not come <laughs> here. Uh, but that is the end of the movie uh, as the Muppets all celebrate being together and everything turning out okay and as we watch the credits there's sort of uh where bloopers would be in this like frame in the frame uh we see gary ask mary to marry him uh and then they jump into Manamana for the end of credits <laughs> yeah yeah um, we also get a brick fun. joke slash uh Chekhov's bowling ball <laughs> yes <laughs> i kept waiting for that bowling ball to come around and here in the credits like scene we see it as gonzo finally figures out a way to get the bowling ball off of his hand that has been spinning this whole time and he launches it right into richmond by mistake who they report has a change of heart and he gives the theater back to the muppets uh he- unrelated to the head injury he previously received <laughs> yeah completely unrelated <laughs> to being hit in the head with a bowling ball <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah not uh, not it's fine it's <laughs> not why he did it yeah we see right. all the celebrity cameos come back in cameo as they all sing Manamana over the credits. And that's sort of the end of the Muppet movie experience. <laughs> yeah. I I think that um, what I what I do love about them losing ultimately and then winning is mm-hmm. that the fact that losing the property made them, you know, it pushes this whole idea of like, well, it doesn't matter as long as we're all together. Right. And that's kind of like the theme that the Muppets always go for. Sam this time? Okay. Yep. <laughs> One down. No? Oh, we can hear you now. Uh, oh, yes, I'm back. Ultimately losing, um, cut off, I think. So what What I would say is that what I what I do like, and I know the commas are a problem, but what I do mm-hmm. like about that, that moment of them realizing that they weren't even as close as they thought they were, and then kind of, it brings that whole message that the Muppets always kind of bring together is that as long as they're together, as long as they're making art together, as long as they're doing things together, um, they can face anything, right? And so then Mm -hmm. they go outside and everyone just, they feel the love and that's what's important. And so it being an afterthought that someone would get hit by a bowling ball and then give them (laughs) back the studio, um, you know, that's fine because the truth is that they can do that anyway. It's kind of also very symbolic for people who've grew up on the Muppets and have lived with the Muppets for a very long time. And especially, um, all the turmoil that happened with the studio and hardcore Muppet fans like myself will know (laughs) is that the idea that the Muppets can continue to live on just by the Mm -hmm. spirit of who, what they are and what they bring, um, whether there is a physical studio or, a united studio or anything of that message is kind of very hopeful to those of us who 
love the Muppets and want them to endure and are very excited that Disney Plus has decided to do a show with the Muppet Mayhem group, and I am super looking forward to that in 2023. <laughs> Disney Plus people cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I do not work for that show. I do not work for Disney. <laughs> Just very excited about more Muppet content. <laughs> There's no reason for me to plug it at all. But I have seen clips, and it was good. <laughs> oh, that's what I saw at Con. <laughs> I saw it at Comic Con. Very good clips. Very excited Ooh. about it. <laughs> A little sneak preview. Animals very yeah. adorable. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> well, like, so this movie kind of ending, I mean, this movie has effectively like the Rocky ending where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, it's not about being a winner. It's about right. being a contender. Like, it's about going right. the distance on this one. And like, ending the movie with them not really succeeding. And, and sure, they, you know, in the in the credits, we get Regiment like, signing back everything. But like, you know, this is a point where the Muppets hadn't had a, had a TV show in a while. Like, they had, like, some internet success with, like, when they did, like, the Bohemian Rhapsody parody and, like, some mm-hmm. YouTube videos that, like, were popular. And I urge everyone to go check those out because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazing. But, like, this this was a this was a period where, like, what what is the property doing? Uh, who can say? But as long as you love it and still, like, hold it in your hearts, that's that's the important part. Let's, let's get everyone to remember and, like, celebrate the Muppets regardless of if this movie's a success. Right. Good thing it was, but like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I do think that this, uh, the ending works. The first time I watched this movie, back when it first came out, I think I found it a little bit abrupt, but watching it now and like really ruminating on the Muppets for a bit, I do think that it is ultimately like the best way to have brought this to its conclusion because it is really hammering home at kind of saying what you were getting at. The, the core thing that makes this great is that it's about them being together and creating art, not um, succeeding. And I love the Rocky reference because... Philadelphia girl at heart so that really (laughs) that's for me we do we love a people's champion people love to see characters they care about um spiritually succeed if not actually accomplishing their goal and I think that this movie accomplishes hitting those same notes here um I guess to kind of get into it because we started talking about it some of the closing thoughts on this film I usually like to ask would you recommend our audience watch it and maybe in what scenario they should and just sort of what your overall takeaway from the movie was. Uh, I don't know, Case, if you've got any thoughts on that to start us off. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, this movie, I think, worked really well for me for, like, the millennial audience member. You probably Mm -hmm. already watched it, frankly, if you're going to (laughs) enjoy Muppet stuff. Uh, But it's very much built for, like, that kind of, like, Gen X millennial kind of references. Like I said, it's a perfect snapshot of 2011, which was sort of, like, the rise of that generation kind of creating art, uh, like, on on the large scale, like, Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they had been actors and stuff like this is all of a sudden seals like actually writing these movies and like all of his his cronies cronies is the wrong cohorts that's a, that's the term <laughs> like all, all of his like friends and whatnot are like suddenly making stuff like this is that era mm-hmm. of like Judd Apatow comedies which in a lot of cases were like all those like freaks and geeks people writing scripts and and putting stuff out there and this is one that's like trying to be family friendly and not like getting by on being raunchy like while <laughs> the, the the Disney Plus like warning is like like there is some rude humor in it <laughs> like, and, like but that's as far as it goes like it's it's really family friendly. Um, and while there are moments where like the kind of it's overly meta, perhaps mm-hmm. I, I think that if you're like me and you're into the sort of story structure and all that, like, I think it's great and will really appeal to you if you haven't already seen it, uh, which I'm probably saying to the younger or older people. Cause like I said, <laughs> I think if you're in my wind, like my age bracket, you've seen it already. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. but I, I think it's great. And I think it's a lot of fun. And I think the, the musical numbers are fantastic and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a it's it is a celebration of all things Muppets. Um, it may not be the definitive Muppet work, 
uh, of all time, but it is definitely like in 2011, looking back on the history of the Muppets, I mean, like, how do we, how do we like celebrate all the things that came before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sam, what about you? Any sort of closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with Case. I think that this is definitely worth a watch and I think it's, I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a money, a, a movie that's not afraid to not take itself seriously. You know, like even Gary mm-hmm. and Mary, when they get back to the theater and the Muppets are like, you saved us. How did you get here? They're like, oh, we traveled by map. You know, so, um, <laughs> which I'm sure Game of Thrones wishes they had season eight, just to explain away <laughs> some of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> but, <laughs> but I think like, I think that in general, it's like a really fun movie. I do think that people who have experience with the Muppets um, as I am one, uh, would it probably going to have a lot more fun with it because mm-hmm. it has so much. This movie is very much, even though it is definitely its own work that stands on its own, but it's very much a tribute to everything that came forward. It's it's a reboot, but it's a better like it's kind of like <laughs> like when J.J. Abrams reboots something, he always reboots it. So like it's almost exactly like what yeah. came before. And I would mm-hmm. say like this is what J.J. is trying to do. Like this is a very good reboot where like it is very similar. Like right? they do a montage like the original Muppet movie to get people together. Right. Mm-hmm. But it pays homage to it. But it's not the whole of it. It's its own story. So like I think that like. If you've watched the original movie, if you've watched any of the Muppet show or anything like that, that will enrich your experience in this film, mm-hmm. but it's not going to make or break it. And I think you'd enjoy it. And I think if you've got kids, it's fun to watch with them, too. <laughs> there's lots of color. There's lots of light. The songs are good. They're clever. Mm-hmm. Um, the original songs are very clever. Um, and the songs that are done jukebox style are very popular. Um, and timeless, so it's not something that's going to... Why are you laughing at me? They're, it's true, Case. <laughs> we built this city as timeless. No, um, it is, but, and, but Forget yeah. You is... Uh, forget You might be. It's one where I'm like, well, at least they're all just oh. quacking. <laughs> I was like, I, but it's... But it's Camilla and her girls singing it, so it's not That's like... Oh, yeah, no, it's a great that. scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, and so... So I think that in in that way... It's it's just a really fun watch and so cleverly written and really well done. So I recommend it for people of all ages. And I will say if you want to increase the joy of it, you should go back and watch some of the classic movies and maybe a couple of clips from The Muppet Show. Uh, and uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. This yeah. movie really makes you want to watch The Muppet Show. It does. Like. <laughs> it's I mean it so loves the Muppet franchise as a whole and like you know there's so many eras of the Muppets like you know we talked about like the Henson era like the show and then into the early movies Mm -hmm. and then like the post Henson era where they were doing like all the adaptations and had like some trouble finding you know like Christmas Carol I think is the most successful commercially and uh, critically of those Um, and and here is like looking back and being like look at all this fun stuff and like it's all available Mm-hmm. somehow blu-ray <laughs> d- dvd streaming what you know like what whatever, whatever era you're looking choices. back at it like you know it's they have been timeless and they've been 
the the nice thing about the Muppets as opposed to some other properties is that like they have been well regarded enough that they generally have been easy to gain access to mm-hmm. uh, in in posts like reruns were on when I was a kid. The Muppet Show had been long over by the time I was like cognizant enough to like process a TV <laughs> show. Uh, so mm-hmm. reruns were going for a long time. DVDs were were going crazy. Like I used to work at the theater where Avenue Q played, and like the Muppet mm-hmm. Show was on uh, on DVD backstage all the time uh, <laughs> during that all. So like and, and yeah. like also speaking of eras like. This is the era of like Avenue Q being extremely popular, which is mm-hmm. uh, Sesame That's Street. True. But it's but right. you know Sesame Street is is the sister si- show of the Muppets, uh, <laughs> and you know like that whole like world of just like loving puppets is is there for a reason, and and this is a great celebration of that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I I would say also, um, you know, I, I would just I'm just putting this out there you know no no agenda for me Muppet lover in general (laughs) but I would say like if you are a musical theater nerd too and you've never experienced the Muppet show you actually should go back and watch the Muppet show because the Muppet show has legendary performers that came on to do episodes because it's basically a vaudeville show um and there are some performances like from Vincent Price and Angela Lansbury and stuff like that that's just like just so good and they're just like just funny things with like muppets like doing musical numbers that you would never even think of those people doing (laughs) like uh, so yeah i i would say yeah i mean yes definitely watch this movie but also Mm. watch all the muppet stuff this Um, is a great primer for like a full muppets weekend right like kick it off with this and then that will get you in the mood to watch all of the rest of the muppets media that you could possibly cram into like two days um Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 And like, also watch, watch Follow That watch... Bird. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. For Good Sesame <laughs> Street. You know, that, that's not streaming anywhere, but you can get the DVD on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available. That, that's, that, that one's a little complicated because there's rights issues because mm-hmm. it's Sesame Street. And, uh, right. So. Yeah. So. But if you like watch this and you're like not sure about going back, like watch the Jim Henson pitch for the Muppets show. Like mm. you can find it easily on YouTube, and it is just this amazing explanation of like why pe- why people of all ages will enjoy it, including uh, like dirty stinking hippies. I believe is at one point the <laughs> term in <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is this is movie is like maybe not the best introduction to the Muppets ever. Like it's not the way I would necessarily start someone on the Muppets. But if you are already a fan or you have like fond nostalgia for it, I think this is a great way to spend an hour and a half or so. Um, But speaking of a great way to spend an hour and a half or so, I think we're just coming up on time for the podcast. Sam and Case, thank you so much for joining me. This was a blast. Thank you. Um, If our listeners want to hear more from you guys, where can they find you? Well, (laughs) I'm a puppet that doesn't really like have any space for you to find me and i am just an extension of case and so case can you explain where they would find you doing this voice and you <laughs> talking about movies yeah what, what we haven't actually established is that this riverside call the reason why i we have had separate signal issues is because we actually have two laptops set up and off off camera one mm-hmm. of my hands is actually creating the sam puppet <laughs> that's doing this all um yeah. but <laughs> you can find myself and also <laughs> my right hand <laughs> uh, over on another past podcast <laughs> Uh, so so uh, we, we host the show Another Pass, which is a uh, movie analysis show where we discuss movies that we find, quote unquote, fascinating but flawed. Uh, so we look at movies that had some issue. And sometimes we're looking at good movies, but there was just always a thing that we thought about would have made it better or a thing, a movie that was a train wreck. And we, we speculate at the time of production what could have been done to improve it all. And then every five episodes, we look at a movie 
that was a success, but had issues behind the scenes that like required creativity or hard work or something to sort of fix it all. So like, for example, the original Star Wars found itself in the edit, you know, like that's it, it was notoriously a difficult right. shoot, lot, you know, lots of issues going into it, but mm-hmm. they made it work. And those are kind of like our proof of concept episodes. Right. Or like um, Predator. Everyone had diarrhea. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Case classy. So, Sam brings up diarrhea. Poop jokes. <laughs> it's an important balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can find that at certainpov.com or wherever you get podcasts. Um, I also am the host of Men of Steel, which is a Superman and Superman adjacent mm. appreciation show. So we talk about Superman, but we'll also talk about stuff like Invincible or like uh, properties that are kind of like inspired mm-hmm. by Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, gen- just generally that sort of like fantasy there. Um, and then uh, you can find both of us actually on the Certain POV Media uh, YouTube channel, which where we have clips from our podcast that we animate, as well as a bunch of other different videos that we put out there. So if uh, you like podcasts, check out CertainPOV.com or just like look up for Another Pass or Men of Steel. Uh, and if you like video stuff, go to Certain POV Media uh, and find uh, cartoon versions of us. Yay! Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. All of that will be linked in the show notes as well. Definitely go check out Another Pass. Uh, I've been listening to some of your previous episodes and they're so, so enjoyable. I'm such a geek for movie industry stuff. So this is really scratches an itch for me that I love. Listeners, you would love it as well. Um, But I am off to put on a last minute show in order to raise the money to save a local theater. So if anyone is a celebrity guest out there who's maybe interested in getting kidnapped for this, please hit me up. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you guys for joining me. We'll catch you all in a future episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We, We can be there by map. Okay, great. So, great. Yeah, yeah, you're going to yes. want to leave now. I hear um, map travels, like the traffic's just been crazy. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Well, it's time to Too get many things people started. traveling by map. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to light the lights. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on November 28th with another thrilling installment, but if you've got any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and our guest case and Sam's content can be found in the show notes below. Definitely check them out and check out another past podcast. Uh, It's a very fun, movie-filled time. And a special thank you to all of the patrons who joined us in September. So thank you for listening. Nicole Gray, the narrator, Ellen Tall, Emma Turner, Pickley Poops, Tara Carpenter, Oliver Speck, L.R., Madeline Mason, Paul Panther, Sebastian Milan, and Andrew Boggs. Thanks for helping to fund the podcast and keep this program rolling. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode.